Are you fed up of watching films and television shows because of big government bias? Do you wonder whether everything on TV has a socialist agenda? Like you, I've stopped watching the BBC. I've also stopped listening to actors and actresses tell me what to do and how to think. But maybe there are a few shows out there with the occasional libertarian character. I'm Andrew Elliott, I'm here with my brother Nick, and I want to welcome you to this special presentation of the Sounding Board podcast where we explore scenes from popular films and TV shows where at least one character is against statist norms. If you like what you hear, we'd love it if you could give us a review on your favourite podcast app. Perhaps you could share it with a few friends or colleagues who you think might be interested. Finally, if you want to chat with us, give us feedback, or make a suggestion for a future podcast, I'd like to invite you to join our new Telegram channel by going to t.me forward slash sounding board. It's great to have you with us. Have you ever watched the TV show Scandal? No. Okay, it's not. It's not bad. It's not. Um, it's not amazingly complicated. Um, but it the, the kind of the, the characters are quite cool. Uh, it's quite dark in places, and there are enough kind of plot twists to keep you to keep you watching. Um, is this a modern? Is this? Is it's hap- is yeah. It now? I think it started uh, maybe twenty twelve, something like that. The last few years have been about right. seven or eight seasons so far. It's about a fixer. Um, who works and is in a relationship with the president, has, has having like an affair with the president of the United States. Right. So like part of it is very, very political, almost kind of West Wing. There's like half of it that's like set in the West Wing and half of it are these other kind of cases that this, this fixer kind of takes on. Okay. Um, but there are, some, there are some quite cool characters. One of the characters who you're supposed to hate is the president's wife, Melly. Um, and... Uh, She's quite, she's quite manipulative. She's a bit of a Lady Macbeth character, right? Um, but she, you know, you don't, you, you're not supposed to like her. There are scenes later on in in kind of later series that give you some of her backstory, and you're supposed to kind of sympathise with her a bit at that point, okay? Um, because she's had some horrific things happen to her. Um, but I, I quite like her. I just quite like the character. Um, and there's a scene where, so it's not a, because you agree with her morals or because they're twisted. Well, p- partly because I just think she's quite an interesting character. Of course, you know, like the way her the way her brain works. You know, it's quite quite sociopathic. Some of the things she does, but she's, sure. just, she's a really interesting character. The way she kind of manipulates people is is quite clever. Um, but there are some things that are, that you're not supposed to agree with that I do agree with. Ah, so this is this is a typical <laughs> Hollywood TV show. So the president is uh, is Fitzgerald Grant the Third. He's the guy who. He was in. He played the other guy in Ghost, not Patrick Swayze. Um, but oh, he, the, the the guy who actually is the bad guy. He doesn't. He doesn't really look much older. He still looks like thirty five. Yeah, even he's in his mid fifties. Um, he's a Republican, but because it's Hollywood, he's a nice Republican. Yeah. So he's for. <laughs> That's how he got elected. <laughs> so he's for gun control and that kind of thing, um, which obviously you know most Republicans aren't. But they they still want to keep it kind of semi realistic. So when he's trying to push this. Gun, these gun laws through, they're getting pushback from the gun lobby, and he doesn't want to really much to do with them. So they send the vice president, who's still very wet, but they know that the vice president isn't any good either. So they send his wife Melly, who's great on guns. So she goes up there with shooting. They go clay clay pigeon shooting, and she, you know, she's amazing at it, and she's, you know, she she loves guns. Right, so this is someone who loves guns, but is obviously supporting the gun control that. Uh... Husband, well, she, the president. Yeah, she, she's just trying to butter them up, really. So she does. Yes, but she, by speaking their language and sure. But she there's a scene afterwards where she's 
they're they're in a her and the vice president are just in some I think they're probably in a hotel room or something. They're having like a drink at the end of the day, and they're kind of arguing about gun control. Um, and I just wanted to kind of to, to read you oh, this yeah, please. because it, it kind of it you've kind got of, a good quote. Well, yeah, it just kind of stuck out at me. So uh, it, it starts off with the vice president, and it's going to kind of go back and forth. So he says, "What is so bad about stiffer background checks?" And she says, "Everything. Are you insane like Fitz or just stupid?" So you're saying three days is too long to wait for a gun. Three minutes is too long. <laughs> oh, wait, so so you're okay with a depressed teenager or a criminal walking out of prison, hell-bent on revenge, walking into his friendly neighbourhood gun shop and walking out with an AK-47? AR-15 more likely. The point is the vast majority of violent crimes are committed with black market guns. No self-respecting gangster is going to walk into his friendly neighbourhood gun shop to get a piece. And while we're at it, we might as well put background checks on vodka. Bloody Marys kill far more people than guns. Those aren't the same. Bartender would like a beer. Yes, mum, that'll be five bucks. Come back in three days. Ordering a beer is not the same as buying a gun. It makes the same amount of sense. So I think that's a scene that you're supposed to not like her again. But yeah. I, I thought that was fantastic. I mean, they're, they're not they're not the arguments I'd make for guns, obviously. Um, but I thought she made some some valid points in there. Interesting. And I, I saw this because uh, I've, I've been binge watching this, you know, for the past couple right. of weeks. And I saw this, and it made me think that there are the occasional there's, there's the occasional libertarian, not maybe not libertarian character, but there's the, there's the odd sort of scene in films where they just get the odd libertarian bit in there. So I thought we'd perhaps go through a few of those. Sure. Do, do you think, I mean, taking this example that you've given right here, do you think that this character in this way saying these things was designed for it to come across as bad, very specifically? I get, I get that impression. I yeah. Because she's not supposed to, I don't think she's supposed to be a character that you like. There are, there are other bad, evil characters that you are designed to like, yeah, <clears throat> some assassins and stuff, and and and, and some utter psychopaths. Sure. So um, she's not the bad guy. <laughs> no, she's not the bad guy by any means. But she's. I'm just thinking of like you know the uh, the Nick Timothy idea of libertarianism and the kind of parody of it, uh, and you know, picking elements like that to put in film and television in order that people think, oh, well, that's a stupid idea, isn't it? You know. Yeah, possibly. Um, I just, I just love that. I just love that scene. It yeah. was like you know, and, and it's such. Again, it's not. <clears throat> it's not perfect. It's not. There weren't the arguments I would make, but compared to the the everything else political in it, it's just yes. you know you have to kind of grab hold of these things. I, so, I, I, to be honest, I can't really think of any um, libertarian elements to it. But just because you're talking about the president and the president's wife and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so, uh, as you know, I've been uh, I've been filling up my Plex media server with all of my back catalogue of DVDs and Blu-rays. Sure. So I've been ripping uh, my entire video collection so that I can stream it, you know, from a server. Uh, and I got to the American President. <laughs> Remember that film, uh, Michael that, Douglas? That was the Net Benning. Yeah, that was the predecessor. That was, that was um, Aaron, Aaron Sorkin. Sorkin was yeah, it? Aaron Sorkin wrote Wing. it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and it was very much it was like his. Didn't have like Richard Dreyfuss in it, wasn't either. Yeah, yeah. Sure. He's the he's like the Republican bad guy in it, but I mean, I, and I always I always loved this film because <laughs> it's a nice film and the characters are good and the acting it's and, you know, and uh, like 
I like the West Wing. The West, the West Wing. Well, I've watched yeah tons of times. I always, I always prefer the Republican characters. Though. Oh, I mean, oh, I, I, oh, of course. I wanted Vinnick to win. Vinnick. We all wanted Vinnick to win. I mean, that we, I was already very much down that path by the time that those last couple of series uh, came out. Uh, not to say I was ever particularly on the Democrat side, but sure. you know, didn't see them in the same light now. Um, but it's been a long time. I mean, I've I've deliberately not been watching anything. Look, I used to need a political fix. I used to watch things to get a political fix, and West Wing was one of them. The American president was was, was one of them. Haven't watched haven't watched them in years. I, I mean, I'm blaming you uh, and this podcast <laughs> <laughs> and the direction that uh, that that's been taking me. Uh, but I decided to watch it. Uh, what because because I'd ripped it and I watched it again, and I did enjoy it. But talk about having your eyes open again. I mean, this film is about. 1995 or something it's it's sure it's, it's sure. in it's in the 90s so this is 25 26 years ago well there's a, there's a number of observations you can make about it um not not least of which all the talk about uh, one of the one of the bills that they're trying to get passed uh is gun control gun control is a big part of it and but gun control and crime and he's a he's a democrat um, president and he wants to go after the guns, but he's not sure he can politically do it. Um, Michael J. Fox is uh, is like his communications guy, his speechwriter, his uh, his kind of Sam and Josh character rolled into one, uh, and and he's there and he wants to go and get the guns and all this kind of stuff. And so at the time, at the time when I first twenty five years ago when I first watched that, I, I thought that America was a crazy place that had guns. Yeah, a nice place, but they've all got guns and it's you know it's, it, it, it took a while to get to the point where I understood what the gun gun lobby and the gun control arguments were but now it's really interesting seeing something that um, uh, it's very much of its time um, but it's just taken for granted that guns are bad I mean this is Hollywood guns are bad but then also this is the this is proper global warming climate change stuff so the other bill the end the, the stuff Annette Benning's trying to convince everyone of is 20% reduction in carbon emissions or whatever back in back 26 years ago uh, and Annette Benning is using these lines like um, you know make your make your gas guzzler uh, an antique in 10 years time and stuff like that I remember that <laughs> obviously this stuff you know hasn't aged well um, but anyway it was a good good thing to watch again to see all the classic Hollywood things of telling you what's good and what's bad and it hasn't changed much in the last 25 years, I don't think. No, and I can't... I, I struggle to watch The West Wing now because it just winds me up. Yes. Everything about it winds me up. Other than the occasional speech, like this this one from Sam Seaborn. Oh! And I, I, think, I think you know the one I mean. Oh, this is the one about tax. Yeah. Taxing the rich. And again, I don't, I don't agree with most of it, but it's got like a couple of bits in it. That, that is great. So this, this is this is he's he's in a room full of people. Um, I can't even remember. I think I think there. So this is a lobby. Like, some, like, are they lobby is, groups or something? Well, or? I, I don't. It may might not be like these are the these are the aides of a group of either congressmen and women or senators who are trying to get an insert into a speech the president is going to give, which talks about faster private jets and and, and you know swimming pools and. Rich people's things. Sure. So, so he says, Henry, last fall, every time your boss got on the stump and said, it's time for the rich to pay their fair share, I hid under a couch and changed my name. 
I left Gage Whitney making 400,000 bucks a year, which meant I paid 27 times the national average in income tax. I paid my fair share and the fair share of 26 other people. And I'm happy to, because that's the only way it's going to work. And it's in my best interest that everybody is able to go to schools and drive on roads. But I don't get 27 votes on election day. The fire department doesn't come to my house 27 times faster. And the water doesn't come out of my faucet 27 times hotter. The top 1% of wage earners in this country pay for 22% of this country. Let's not call them names while they're doing it, is all I'm saying. So, you know, it's not, it's not perfect because he's still happy to pay 27 times the, you know, what he should. But I thought that was a good speech. I, I see, I think... I think that is a good speech for where we were a few years ago. Maybe you five years ago. Longer. I, yeah. yeah. You, you get what I'm saying? Sure. That, that argument is more um, for, you know, lowering tax because you'll get more in. You know, that, that, type, of, that type of argument, I think. And, you know, and, he's, and he's there saying, you know, because that's the only way it could possibly work. <laughs> uh, but I get you. I, that, I remember always thinking that was... I suppose a much more to to keep it simple, a much more right wing view for the lefties on um, on the president's stuff. Yeah, sure, sure. I've got a I've got a few more to go through. So um, we couldn't we couldn't talk about libertarian quotes and libertarian films without mentioning V for Vendetta, of course. And I could probably go through the whole whole film and pick out a hundred different things, but these are these are two two of my favourite lines from it. So the first one is. Beneath this mask, there is more than flesh. Beneath this mask, there is an idea, and ideas are bulletproof. So I just, nice. I just love that. Um, you know, it's um, and this is the the best quote in the film. I think people should not be afraid of their governments. The governments should be afraid of their people. Yeah, which absolutely. is bang on. Absolutely, absolutely bang on. Well, I obviously recommend people watch watch that. Sure. Um, so this is another TV show. I don't, I don't think you've got you. You haven't watched Rick and Morty yet, have you? Only the couple of clips that you you sent me, um, yeah. which must admit I found found very funny. But I, you know, when you just don't come across something, even though you're aware it exists. R- Rick and Morty f- is, is that for me. It, yeah, it was like that for me until uh, until a few years ago. Um, and, a, and a friend of mine, you know, again, he was astounded. He was like, how how have you not watched Rick and Morty? So he ordered me to watch it. Um, just and it's, good observational stuff. Well, so Rick's Rick's a libertarian, right? Or, and I think he's he's probably an anarchist. Right, um, but he's the cleverest, cleverest man in the universe. <laughs> it is proper, proper dark, wrong humour a lot of the sure. time. Um, so you'll love it. But there, there are a couple of, a couple, a couple of bits in there. So even in the first, even in the first episode, and the first episode isn't particularly good. So apparently, they, the the guys who wrote it, I can't remember their names now, um, but they. They had to basically write the. It's like uh, a pilot episode. Yeah, they, they had to write the pilot in one what? evening, so they oh, got they got smashed. Dan Harmon and someone else, <laughs> they got smashed and just wrote it in one evening. Um, got it made, and it's fine. There are some really funny bits in it, but it's not quite the same as every single other episode after it is 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 fantastic. Polished. So yeah. if you if you watch the first one, and you think okay, this isn't fantastic, you know, it's funny in then places, but it isn't fantastic. Going. Just keep going, and then episode two onwards are, are fantastic. There are a couple of quotes, even from the first episode. <clears throat> so there's one where he says, I don't like it here, Morty. I can't abide bureaucracy. I don't like being told where to go and what to do. I consider it a violation. <laughs> so it's like in the first episode. <laughs> um, and then <clears throat> this is the one, I think this is the clip I had sent you. It's the other one about bureaucrats, <clears throat> where they're trying, to, they're trying to go through, um, it's like interdimensional customs or something like that. They're yeah. trying, to, try, trying to get through and they're, they're trying to smuggle these magic seeds. This is... 
they kind of they're running away because they, they they work out that they can't get through the X-ray machine or whatever. Um, so they're running around. Uh, Rick is trying to uh, get back home. This is I need to type in the coordinates of our home world, Morty. Cover me. Morty says, "Oh man, I mean, you know, I don't want to shoot nobody. They're just robots, Morty. It's okay to shoot them. They're robots." Morty then shoots one in the leg. The next thing you see is the guy, well, there's kind of the alien kind of lying on the floor. He's like, you know, his leg's shot off. He's, he's blood spurting everywhere. And he's saying, oh, my leg's shot off. And then a guy comes and like starts hugging him. He's like, Glenn's bleeding to death. Someone call his wife and children. And Morty's like, they're not robots, Rick. It's a figure of speech, Morty. They're bureaucrats. I don't respect them. Just keep shooting. <laughs> I thought that was fantastic. He's just quite willing to, quite willing to shoot any bureaucrat. Um, and there's even a bit in one of the later episodes um, where he's so... He clones his uh, his daughter because his, his daughter's having not second thoughts, but she's wondering what would have happened if she'd have kind of done what her dad did and like kind of gone into the galaxy and just done her own thing as opposed to kind of getting married young and having kids and that sure. kind of stuff. So he ends up cloning one of cloning cloning Beth, his daughter, and then they send one of them goes off into space, and they're not sure which one's the real one, and it's just it's a complicated story. But they send one of them off into space. And then, you know, like the next season, she kind of comes back and they kind of meet up and she's the most wanted person in the galaxy. And um, she's she's fighting the Gromflamites, okay? And so, so they're just having a chat in, in this cafe and he's saying, you're fighting the Gromflamites? Dad, they're trying to take over the galaxy. Everyone in the galaxy tries to take over the galaxy. The trick is to be left alone by whoever succeeds. Ooh. Isn't that good? So he's just That's about... He's just about... Leave me alone, and but also, but also, accepting it's astute, isn't it? Yeah, of the fact that there is going to be either a government or people fighting over governing. Yeah, so just leave me alone. Isn't that great, though? I love that's one of my favorite quotes. Very well written. Mm. Well, the whole the whole thing, as I said, the whole other than the first episode, the whole thing is extraordinarily well written. Okay. Um, So, do you think the writers are? Anarchists, then. I think I think at least one has libertarian tendencies. Because how else could you write that stuff? What? Yeah, and I'd... make it good and make it funny, unless unless you believed in it. Well, then, and and the other, I can't I can't think of the guy's name. He's fan, he's fantastic. He does he does the, he writes it and he does the voices of both Rick and Morty. Okay, um, and he was. So there was one one of the one of the climactic episodes at the end of season one or two. They're um they're kind of going back in time, and they have to go back to 1998, I think, because there's some special McDonald's sauce with your chicken nuggets, some Mulan sauce, <laughs> right? And and Rick just loves it, and he's like, they only did this for six months, they've never brought it back, um, and it's the best thing ever. So we're going back, back in like time. 1998. Um, it's some um Szechuan sauce, I think, right. some, some kind of like Mulan Szechuan sauce. And obviously, the writer just loved. Yeah. Um, so they go back in time and they have it, and then because of this episode, McDonald's got absolutely bombarded with like bring back this sauce. Oh, really? Um, so they they brought it back for, I think for like a you know they did like a real limited number of these things and only like a few stores, um, yeah, like a few stores across America, and people were kind of getting as much of it as they can, but it was selling on eBay. And some of them were selling for like a thousand bucks for oh, just like a little. I love the sauce. secondary market. It's amazing. And uh, this, uh, the act, the, the kind of the, the actor and writer was kind of questioned about it, saying, you know, this can't be right. What do you, what do you, have, what do you have to say about you know people, you know, is people selling this, you know, this sauce 
for a thousand bucks you know it's your doing and he, and he said well what you know this, these people might need to feed their wives and their kids who are you to stop them yeah you know it's nothing it's nothing to do with you it's nothing to do with me if, there, if there's a you know if there's a market for that and these people are providing for their families by doing that yeah. what's wrong with them selling it so yeah. I think I think he's definitely got libertarian tendencies. Mm. Good, but yeah. it's a great it's a great TV show to watch. This next one is one that you've probably seen recently. Oh yeah. Um, so, Boston Legal. I've, I've been I've been watching it. I must. I nearly brought it up earlier. Okay. Just because when we're talking about West Wing, we're talking about the way they depict certain you know, the, the the Democrats and the Republicans. Obviously, William Shatner's character is a proper gun-toting Republican um, and and he's a great he's a great character and he's you know he's best mates with this lily-livered liberal <laughs> but yet the moral code of um, what's the actor's name uh, you're talking about James Spader James Spader yeah he, he he's he's just brilliant he's just brilliant forget forget all the Democrat stuff He's got a very strict moral code about what what he does and how he argues his cases and 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 who he defends and 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 you know he doesn't worry about the law. No, not a sense. No, he, like just, he just does so, what's right. Is that the direction you were going to go? In? No, this is just. I just watched an episode last night, and this is another one of their kind of. Uh, again, it's a character. I've been rewatching it. Yeah, it's a character you're probably not supposed to like that much. Uh, Brad, Brad Chase. Yes, so he's going to bring he, up Brad. He's well. another stereotypical Republican, you know. And you can see how they've made him Buzz that. Lightyear character. Yeah, and very pro-family and 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 all that. Yeah, but I, I really like him, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> um, but there was there was a scene where he's, he's unapologetic in it. Yes, as well. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, and so there's a scene, or well, you know, kind of various scenes in this episode where he's in a relationship with another character. Um, and he's asked to sign this love contract, um, <laughs> which is he just he's just flat out. I'm not going to sign it. You can find me. I'm not going to. I'm not going to sign it. The speech he gives to the partners. Yes, well, amazing. So, so, but there's just there's just there's just this one line in oh, it. Go go for it. So that, I like him so much more after that speech. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. But, but so he's he's asked to sign this, and he gets. Uh, he gets all the partners into a room and says, "Look, this is absolutely ridiculous. You know, if you want to solve this problem, then you know there there are other ways of, of doing about it. We could sign other liability clauses, but I'm not signing a love contract. This is this yeah. is ridiculous." And Paul, who you know the Odo uh, Odo actor, whatever his name is, <laughs> Red Jonowitz, yeah, yeah, he he says, "Well, the the partners is, partners have unanimously agreed that this is the right thing to do," and Brad Chase just says. You can't validate stupidity by unanimous consent. <laughs> and I thought Great that life. was just perfect, absolutely perfect. It's like when everyone tells you to get vaccinated, I don't care if, if everyone in the world um, you doesn't know, make it right. Doesn't make it right. So well, I, you're the one who first brought in the V word. Let me just say in this in this podcast, the V word, vaccination. Well, yeah, but you didn't need to bring it up again. That was just, just <laughs> the, the, the easy example. Um, so I wanted to move on um, to another kind of genre now. Okay. Still, still about libertarian quotes. Now this is this is something I've, I've spotted a few of these um, Marvel films. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the moment you 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 started talking about libertarian quotes, um, my immediate thought is of 
uh, is of Captain America. Sure. And I've got a bunch of those. I, I, I bet you have. And we should totally go through them. He is, hands down, the most moral character. Oh, he's amazing. In, he's amazing. In the entire in the entire, And franchise. he's consistent. He's consistent. Absolutely. And, and unwavering. Yeah. yeah, no, come on, read out read out the best bits. Well, so, th- so this one isn't... I wanted to start with one that wasn't Captain America. And oh, okay. We'll, we'll go on to Captain So this one, this is Tony Stark. He has his moments. So early on, before he gets kind of super statist, he's, he's fantastic. Before this, he wants to put the... What does he call it? The arms around the, the world. The arms around the world, yeah. yeah. So this is in Iron Man 2, okay? And he's up in front of some select committee or whatever. And they're trying to they're trying to grab oh, I know the one you they're mean trying now. to grab Iron Man, and he kind of shows them videos of everyone else kind of getting it wrong, and they're just they're just they're basically all his stuff, and he and he just he says you know you can't have it. And he says because I'm your nuclear deterrent, it's working, we're safe, America is secure. You want my property, you can't have it. But I did you a big favour. I've successfully privatised world peace. <laughs> That's it, privatised world peace. And he gives the gives the kind of dual peace signs and. I thought I just I remember listening to that the first time, thinking he's prioritised world peace, and thinking that's just amazing, and to have a a character unabashedly say that. And it's my property, and you can't have it. Yeah, that's that's worth highlighting as well. Yeah, property rights, privatisation. Yeah, it's got everything, and it's not like it's a scene at the beginning and, of the and film. De- and defence, like no sure. one talks about private armies. That, that it's people people don't know how to get there intellectually and so here's an here's an example and yes it's a guy in a suit but it puts it out there mm. um so yeah that was that was the first one um but yeah we've we've got to uh we've got to speak about captain america um or steve rogers because there are some quotes where he's fantastic even before he becomes captain america sure so there's there's a bit where do you remember when he's He's trying again and again and again to join the army because he just wants to do his bit. This is when he's all weedy. He's all yeah. yeah. He's all he's all weedy. He's like five foot two. There's yeah. nothing to him. He's got asthma and a bunch of things wrong with him. But he always gets back up. Doesn't matter what he punched down. Yeah. Sure. And he the Doctor Erskine, you know the the, the character who kind of gives him the serum. He kind of spots him because he's obviously looking for looking for the for you know the, the right guy. Yeah. So he kind of you know he he's just been rejected again, but he. Grabs hold of him, and he says, "I just want to ask you a couple of questions." And he's, he's kind of asking him, you know, why he wants to enlist. And he's like, he asks him if he wants to kill Nazis, um, and he says, "I don't want to kill anyone, but I don't like bullies. I don't care where they come from." So this is when he's like, some skinny little wee who gets beaten up all the time, and he just doesn't like bullies. And then there's another bit where he's talking to Agent Carter in the car, and this is on the way to the procedure, and he's just looking around. It's like kind of Brooklyn where he yeah. lives. And he says, I got beat up in that alley and that parking lot and behind that diner. <laughs> so she says, did you have something against running away? You start running, they'll never let you stop. You stand up, push back, can't say no forever, right? So again, that's even when he's this little weed, he just won't back down. Um, so he's, yeah, his character is fantastic. People could listen to those words today. Amazing, amazing. And there are some, some of my favourite quotes of his are from The Winter Soldier. You so know this the, is the one. This is the second Captain America second film Captain specifically. America. This is the one after where, after Avengers. After Avengers Assemble. Yeah. But this is the one where Shield, the kind of, you know, secretive but you know, the the, gov- the government agency that's supposedly good, um, has made these massive warships, these heli carriers. Heli carriers. Three of them to go global. 
uh, and to have like you know just thousands of guns on them and you know a global spy network and an amazing bit of AI software that's going to spot bad guys and take them out before they've done anything wrong. <laughs> well, so this is the exact point where I'm coming to. So this is... I just want to set the scene here because this is for and and you've got Nick Fury in charge, you know, the Samuel L. Jackson character, who is in quotes a good guy, yeah, and he's there going, no, this is the only way we have to surveil, we have to take them out before you know, this is habeas corpus out the window. <laughs> so this is this is the conversation. So this is between Nick Fury and, and Steve Rogers. So Nick Fury says, these new long-range precision guns can eliminate a thousand hostiles a minute. The satellites can read a terrorist DNA before he steps outside his spider hole. We're going to neutralise a lot of threats before they ever happen. Steve Rogers says, I thought the punishment usually came after the crime. We can't afford to wait that long. Who's we? After New York, I convinced the World Security Council we needed a quantum surge in threat analysis for once we're way ahead of the curve. By holding a gun at everyone on Earth and calling it protection, you know, I read those SSR files. Greatest Generation, you guys did some nasty stuff. Yeah, we compromised, sometimes in ways that made us not sleep so well. But we did it so the people could be free. This isn't freedom. This is fear. S.H.I.E.L.D. takes the world as it is, not as we'd like it to be, and it's getting damn near past time for you to get with that program, Cap. Don't hold your breath. <laughs> so I thought that, that that bit about this is fear, this isn't freedom, yes. this is fear, that's kind of where we are now. Oh, totally where we are now. Now, towards the end of The Winter Soldier, he gives another great speech. Now, this is where, without giving too many spoilers away, um, they're trying to stop the launch of the helicarriers. Yep. And, uh, you know, th he's just calling on people to do what's right, to not necessarily follow command, yep. um, to just do what's right. So he kind of takes over the, 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 kind of the, 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 radio. The, the radio and gives a great speech. And this is, this is just the end part. He says, they almost have what they want, absolute control. They shot Nick Fury, and it won't end there. If you launch those helicarriers today, Hydra will be able to kill anyone that stands in their way, unless we stop them. I know I'm asking a lot, but the price of freedom is high. It always has been, and it's a price I'm willing to pay. And if I'm the only one, then so be it. But I'm willing to bet that I'm not. Yeah. Um, so again, it's all about, it's all about another, freedom. I mean, such a simple message that you can have something that is putatively about protection of of the vulnerable, of the just, and it's only about targeting the bad guys. But what if the bad guys get hold of it? And there's, I mean, there's all sorts of examples. In fact, straight away coming to mind, um, X-Men 2, um, where, uh, um, uh, what's his name, uh, Professor X, the Patrick Stewart character, he can, he can target all of the uh, all of the mutants with his cerebro machine, or he can oh, target yes. all of the regular humans. And then who gets hold of the machine? Who specifically tries to get hold of the machine? Uh, Magneto, in order to target all of the humans and to, and to kill them all, you know, remotely. Um, and it's it's, and of course you've got that, you know, the, the famous line with great power comes great responsibility, which is oh, an important Spider-Man Spider quote, which is an important quote. But I mean, we could talk about that and how it's how it's how it's wrong in a sense in that. You, you can't just assume that the person in power is going to be responsible. Um, but anyway, yeah, that that was that was um, uh, that was probably my favourite because I remember seeing that in the uh, in the first Spider-Man film. Yes, um, but yeah, classic classic line. Um, so moving on to Civil War. 
Um, yeah. Which is, again, there's some great there's some great, great quotes in that. So the first one, I've been on my own since I was 18. I never really fit in anywhere, even in the army. My faith is in people, I guess, individuals. And I'm happy to say for the most part, they haven't let me down, which is why I can't let them down either. So again, talking about the individual. Talking about the individual. Again, to put it into context of the overarching storyline, they another Avengers film has happened where they there's a lot of destruction has happened. This is after Age of Ultron. This is old, yeah. This so is this after is Ultron. the the um, the imaginary place, the imaginary country or, or however of Sokovia, uh, which ended up basically all completely destroyed. Um, albeit, you know, they saved most of the people who lived there because that's their job while they trying to take out something that was, you know, trying to take over the world. So, but but the aftermath, which is, it is Civil War, is is the of all of the um, the Marvel um, Marvel comic universe uh, big story arc films. It's the one that annoys me the most when I watch it. And really, it, and it's obviously it's got these these great bits and. Captain America is brilliant. You're going to read some more stuff. He's going to he's going to say, but it just annoys me because of what the authorities do. They're there trying to make them sign the Sokovia Accords, which puts them under the jurisdiction of like the United Nations or some equivalent to the United Nations. They've got to do as they're told from now on. There's got to be some checks and balances. You can't just go off and do your own thing, and and they keep blaming them for all. You know, they they keep playing them all this stuff, and they just roll over. The vast majority of the Avengers just roll over, going, hey, tail between their legs, going, oh yeah, look at all the destruction, ignoring the fact that they, you know, saved the world from aliens and, <laughs> and whoever else. And it's only this small number, and it's led by Steve Rogers, yeah, there, who there, actually stands up. There, there are two halves, aren't they? Yeah. Um, so there, there are a couple of a couple of bits that he, he talks about um, uh, in 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 that film. So one of them is this job: we try to save as many people as we can. Sometimes that doesn't mean everybody, but if we can't find a way to live with that next time, maybe nobody gets saved. So that's when he's kind of oh, giving the yeah. argument about saying, look, we've, we've still got to do what we can. And this one is one of the ones I think you, you're you mentioning when he, he just refuses to sign he the security to sign. Yes. He says, if we sign this, we surrender our right to choose. What if this panel sends us somewhere we don't think we should go? What if there's somewhere we need to go and they don't let us? We may not be perfect, but the safest hands are still our own. Yeah. Again, just sticking with it, absolutely sticking with it, because um, it's like half and half, isn't it? There's, there's, there are some cool characters. There's him. I think Ant Man is on his side. Um, he, but he's got like Iron Man. Uh, oh, and who's who's the the, the, the winged character? Uh, the oh, Falcon. Falcon. Falcon's on yeah, his side, yeah. and he's against Iron Man and Spider Man. Um, he's against most of them. That's the that's the kind of thing. Yeah. I thought it was more fifty fifty. I can't remember. I mean, obviously, there's the whole fight scene and everything. I can't yeah. really remember who's on each side. Um, I think, oh, well, I think Wanda's on his side, actually. Possibly, yeah. Because um, Vision's on the other side. Yes, yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the last one I wanted to do. I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, now this is a. This has been kind of mentioned in a couple of films, um, but it's like a real classic. Um, Captain America quote from the comics right okay. but it originally came from Mark Twain ah. so I'm, what, I'm going to read love a Mark Twain quote oh, it's fantastic so I'm going to I'm going to read you the shorter one from the comic sure um, and then I'm going to read uh, the original Mark, quote, Mark Twain quote okay. okay so this is this is the comic one this is doesn't matter what the press says doesn't matter what the politicians or the mob say 
doesn't matter if the whole country decides that something is wrong or that something wrong is something right. This nation was founded on one principle above all else, the requirement that we stand up for what we believe, no matter the odds or the consequences. When the mob and the press and the whole world tell you to move, your job is to plant yourself like a tree beside the river of truth and tell the whole world, no, you move. It's great, chills. isn't it? I know, I know, I've got goosebumps just really. Gives it. me chills. Um, yeah, it's, it's, fan- it's I, fantastic. I feel right now I'm fairly planted like a tree <laughs> <laughs> with my views. But this is, the, uh, this is the full Mark Twain. So this is each of you for himself or herself, by himself or herself, and on his or her own responsibility must speak. It is a solemn and weighty responsibility and not lightly to be flung aside at the bullying of pulpit, press, government or politician. Each must decide for himself or herself alone what is right and what is wrong, which course is patriotic and which isn't. You cannot shirk this and be a man. To decide it against your convictions is to be an unqualified and inexcusable traitor. It is traitorous both against yourself and your country. Let men label you as they may. If you alone of all the nation decide one way and that way be the right way by your convictions of the right, you have done your duty by yourself and by your country. Hold up your head for you have... They have nothing to be ashamed of, and then this is this is it. Kind of goes on to the the uh, the bit that I've just read. It yeah. doesn't matter what the press says. It doesn't matter what the politicians or the mob say. It doesn't matter if the whole country decides that something wrong is something right. Republics are founded on one principle above all else: the requirement that we stand up for what we believe in, no matter the odds or consequences. When the mob and the press and the whole world tell you to move, your job is to plant yourself like a tree beside the river of truth and tell the whole world, "No, you move." One of, one of my favourite quotes ever. That I've, I've never heard that. So thank you for introducing me to that quote yeah. specifically. I, I didn't realise it was Mark Twain. I knew, I knew there was a long quote from the comics. Um, didn't sure. realise it was Mark Twain until I did a bit of research earlier on. Yeah. I mean, brilliant. But if, if you do want to get a bit of a libertarian fix on TV, there are things out there. They're not, there aren't many. No. So I have mentioned before um, the series The Witcher... Yes. And uh, I recommend our listeners go back and uh, do a search on soundingboard.com and find uh, it, the, the, the word Witcher is in the title of it's, this particular it's podcast. It's Witcher Woke and something else, isn't it? Yeah, Woke TV or yeah something, um, where I review a few things, but the Witcher specifically, um, because he is, again, strict moral code. Um, I don't have... This don't is Geralt have, you're talking about. Geralt, yeah. I don't have the, the quote to hand, um, but it's not. It's about evil and the lesser evil, I think. And he's like, there's, you know, basically you can't, you know, you can't compromise like that. You can't, you can't, there's, there's no choice at all if you have to choose between evil and evil. Um, so yeah, that, it was, it was something about if, if there's a, if I have to choose between one evil and another, then there's no choice. I choose yeah, nothing. Yeah, I choose nothing. Yes. That's no choice at all. Exactly. Um, but also the series itself, over the course of the episodes, um, there's this kind of looming uh, bad group, the bad the bad guys, as, as you kind of get through the series. And it is some intertwining storylines and timelines, which make it just which just make it a fun watch. It's yeah, it's not not readily easy to identify where you are in the timeline when you're watching an episode. But by the end of it, by the final episodes, these are commies, okay? The bad guys are proper commies. And there's, there's this whole thing about everything being the same. And they even they even joke about oh, the beer being rubbish because it's just there's just one beer. And you know, it's well I I it's very much they they 
fight against this tyranny, but it's this tyranny of of everything being the same. So, well, so the 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 writer, um, I can't remember the guy's Polish name. Guy. Polish. Yeah, that's why he's against communism. Yep. Yeah. Um, one other thing that uh, that I've remembered. Um, have you seen Toy Story three? No. Have you not seen Toy Story three? Right. No. Um, I saw the first two. They're all they're all good. Okay, it is totally worth watching. So Toy Story three, they end up in this daycare center. Okay, they're like they're like donated as toys to this. Day. Or, or they shouldn't be, but they end up going there anyway. But it's like run by this evil teddy bear. <laughs> and it's this proper tyranny um, within this staircase center with these particular toys and they've got the enforcers and they've got... There's, there's all this stuff that's just kind of borrowed from, from you know, tyrannical regimes of the 20th century, certainly. Um, and you've got this, this evil bear. And there's this, there's this quote that um, uh, Barbie of all, of all things says. And she says, government is from the consent of the governed. <laughs> and that, that, that always stood out to me as just uh, an, amusing, an, uh, an amusing thing in that, in that particular film. So I recommend you watch right. Toy Story. So as I say, it's not, it's not massively libertarian, but it shows, it, it kind of pastiches a lot of tyrannical, tyrannical things. That reminds me of that other quote I saw, or that, that other video I sent you the other day about the, there's that Indian guru who's talking about democracy. Oh, that was hilarious. Where and he, he says... He's, he's, the way his delivery and, and the look on his face more so than anything. so slow, yeah, where he says, he says something like... Was it retarded, the word? Yeah, he says, democracy is government by the people, of the people, for the people. <laughs> But the people are retarded. <laughs> <laughs> so, democracy is government by the retarded, <laughs> of the retarded, for the retarded. And that's just oh, it's hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Um, yeah, very, very, very There are good. quite a few, uh, I say kids' films, but Le- the Lego film is quite libertarian. Oh, the Lego movie. Isn't it? There's that cloud city place, cloud cuckoo land, where, cloud cuckoo land, where there are no rules. I know. I thought I and everyone's live there. really, really happy, and everyone's just singing and dancing along. I mean, it is a bit of a utopia, but that it that it is depicted as a place where everything is fine when there are no rules, and it's only when the police come along. But the um, or bad cops, should I say? The, the whole the whole premise about you know is it is it. Is it president business or something? The, the bad guys name, yeah. where like everything's got to, every, every, everyone, everything's got to be locked down and glued together and uniform and the same, and every, everyone does their bit. Well, it's like a planned economy. I, it's absolutely the planned economy, but it is. I mean, I think it's very, very clever because it is about that that dichotomy with Lego of follow the instructions. Or don't follow the instructions. And I'm laughing as I say it because obviously you buy a Lego model and of course you make you follow the instructions. To begin with. But then you break it up and you do your own thing with it. Uh, so the concept of, of being a master builder and being able to just see these other things that you can build out of these uh, out of these different pieces. Um, but yeah, he's there with the craggle, um, crazy glue, you know, gluing all this stuff together. Um, that is that is the epitome of government, and as you say, his name is President Business, and it's it's very very good. It's very very. Good. I mean, the second one, it all gets a bit post-apocalyptic. Sure. <laughs> have you seen the second? Yes. One? Yeah. 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 
it, it's good. It's not as good as the first one, I don't think. Um, but it's you see, I think that the whole post-apocalyptic thing is an interesting is an interesting one. I mean, we talked for a minute about the kind of films, certainly films. I can't think of any TV series specifically, but there are a lot of films. Okay, it might be rare to find a libertarian character. There are certainly characters with some strong moral codes, but you know, most of them are still doing it in quotes for the greater good. I mean, how many times in a film has a character said they're going to do something for the greater good? But there are an awful lot of films where tyranny is bad. Would you agree? There's a lot of films, a lot of film series, where the bad guys are the evil government type. I mean, Star Wars, Star, yeah, for Star example. Wars, yeah, sure. I mean, it's a really simple fairy tale-like example there, where the resistance, you know, the re- the rebels, they're the good guys, and you know, the the order, the evil fascist. <laughs> Well, that's the thing, though. A lot, a lot of it is, you kind of the 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 evil empire are considered like these kind of fascists, like in Star Wars. Do you think that's it? Do you think a lot of these films? I mean, there's there's. I mean, you've got the Hunger Games films. I mean, that they're great. I'm like, in fact, I, I need to seen, watch them. I haven't again. seen any of those. You haven't seen any Hunger Games no, films? No, no, never seen. Oh, maybe you should come around. I, I, I want. I've just again. I've just got them onto Plex, so I want to. I want to watch them. Right, this is, oh, is it, isn't it just Running Man? Uh yes, it's Battle Royale. It's it's got elements of all that stuff, but um, but it, it's, it is good in its own right. I right. thought it was a bit slow to start with, but actually now, you know, when you go back and rewatch things. I I really like it, and I really like the series. It's not not very many films. Um, it's not like seven or eight films or whatever. Um, but you've got you've got the capital. You've got the you know, the decadent capital city. Yeah where all of the elite are and then you've got all of these other districts which are numbered and they all have their job to do you know you've got the ones providing coal the ones providing lumber yeah and they all they all have their job to this do is, yeah this is brave new world stuff exactly and they all feed in and they've got this whole line about you know the, the beating heart of the 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 the, the, the country is called panem and the you know, the beating heart is the capital and we you no one could be safe without us, without us elite running things for you. But it's obviously about tearing this down. Um, I, I won't go into too much because I, wa- I want you to... We, we, should, we should watch these and then kind of review them again, probably. Um, because there's some interesting twists and stuff towards, towards the end. But it is, it is very much saying, you know, this, this tyranny is bad. And these people are oppressed. It's a police state, you know. Um, and... These films are out there saying tyranny is bad. So I was like, I was having this conversation with my wife. I was like, there are plenty of films out there where this this planned state, that the, the police state, is obviously depicted as bad. Hollywood loves an, a post-apocalyptic film where people are breaking out of some some area. Whether it's um, like, you know, have you seen the Divergent series? No, no. Right, so that's another one. There are these different factions okay um and they've all got they've all got funny names like dauntless and amity and candor and it's all based on different traits that you might have whether you go into these uh, these these different factions and again it's all work together we're run by the elite the erudite of the elite but it turns out that actually this this the entire world is is fake they need to break out of it there's another controlling you know there's another elite suppose, outside of that and controlling it they need to you know you need to get out of but it's all about breaking free. It's all about freedom is good, and I, you know, I'm, and I'm I'm oppressed while I'm in this, 
this organised state. Yeah, what they tend to do though is they tend to insinuate that this is called that these these evil tyrannies are only fascist. Yeah, or they're all caused by capitalism. You know, it's the evil corporations that have suddenly taken right. control, which would of course never happen in a free market. Um, yeah, because there'd be competition. How about you know, um, Mad Max and this kind of thing? Equilibrium. Don't think I've seen that either. Oh, have you not seen these films? I need to sit you down and make you watch these films. Uh, Equilibrium is Christian Bale. This is okay. It right. This is you can see the influence from the Matrix. Okay, it's the long dark coats and the dark glasses and all this kind of stuff. Um, they are basically not allowed to feel any emotion. They take they take drugs every day. They take pills every day to stop them feeling any emotion. Um, and they're not allowed to read literature and all. Again, there's so much stuff is is borrowed from from your from your your, your Fahrenheit four fifty ones and your nineteen eighty fours and all this kind of stuff. Um, but again, it's about breaking free of this of this prison that is that is society. I mean, again, it is it's the Men in Black. It's very much it's very much depicted as a as a fascist state. Um, but again, most of, most of the time when you see these tyrannies, they oh, it's it's they're obviously trying to push you in one direction, but they're very communist as well. You know, it's it's you are you are you are owned. Everything is owned by the state in these uh, in these things. There's no there's no private companies. There's no private organizations. And there's there's no nuance of saying this stuff is regulated and you know, and just controlled and just ordered by the state. Um, but again, that comes down to a couple of podcasts we've recorded recently where people don't actually understand. What what fascism is, or what you know the extreme the extreme right wing is, but I do find it interesting that we've been I think we've been prepared in Hollywood terms for what tyranny looks like, and it looks like what's happening. You know, let's face it, one of the worst places happening right now is Australia and New Zealand. So which one? Which one is it? New Zealand that locked down because of one case, one case, or whichever one it is. Anyway, it's. Absurd. Well, one well, positive test result. Sure. We of a of a flawed test that is only checking for fragments of a virus. I mean, you, you well, could go on. We don't even know if the guy's ill. Well, I assume he's not. But you must have seen the videos of things of, of people being you know taken away and. Oh, it's it's crazy. It's it's, it's hideous crazy. stuff. I mean, I I used to, I used to say things like, you know, when I was trying to cheer myself up, at least we don't live in North Korea. <laughs> now. At least we don't live in New Zealand yeah. or Australia. I mean, Australia have always been very nanny states, or certainly for the last 20, 30 years. Yeah. We've been very, very nanny states. But they have just dropped off a cliff. It's, yeah. it's incredible. Yeah. I feel genuinely sorry for people who've, you know, who are just, I mean, they put millions of, millions of, millions of people under, you know, I mean, we talk about being under house arrest, but it's far worse over there than it was over here for nothing. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. Or were they told not to not to walk past people? They're told not to talk to people. Don't talk to your neighbour. You know, we talk about freedom of speech as this abstract notion of being allowed to say certain things and not others, or having a platform, or being censored. But being banned from actually speaking at all to other human beings takes on a new definition doesn't it it's mm. a whole that's a whole new level do you want to just you mentioned the matrix just now 
Oh, of course. Do you want to read your Mor- Matrix quote? Morpheus. Oh, have you, have you got it there? I think you sent it to me. I did, didn't I? Well, I've only got... I've got it. Have you got it there? Do you, do you want me to read it? Oh, no, I'll read it. I love this. All right. Right, right in the middle. Right in the middle. To be fair, this is a truncated... Sure. This is a truncated sure. quote. And the, the full one is even, even better. The Matrix is a system, Neo. That system is our enemy. You have to understand most of these people are not ready to be unplugged. And many of them are so inured, so hopelessly dependent on the system that they will fight to protect it. I mean, that's, that's where we are right now, isn't it? Yes. But you see, no, we were there, we were there before all this. Sure, yes, okay? of course. Yeah. And this is where The Matrix is such a, such a great film for these, these kind of lines. And obviously the whole red pill, blue pill thing comes from, you know, comes from The Matrix, the, the idea of being... Uh, awake to to the notion that you're being controlled, that you know the world yeah, that, as it that is. Yeah, that was Curtis Yarvin, uh, Mencius Moldbug, who quite, uh, invented that. Well, I didn't didn't invent that phrase, but he was the first person to take it from to take it from the, from matrix. the matrix and say and apply it and, and apply it to to the real world, saying this is when you realise that you know you're you're being told a lie by politicians, by the media, by the cath- yeah. what he calls the cathedral. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's yeah, fantastic. There's, I mean, I do, I do kind of. There's, there's a quote from Agent Smith, I think, in the first one, where he says, "People are a cancer. Human of this beings planet. are a disease. <laughs> you are a cancer of this planet. You are a plague. Yeah, and we are the cure." I do, I do kind of agree with him a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, trying, to, no, try, trying to get into our don't good books. play their game. That. That's classic depopulation. Human beings are bad. Wipe them off the earth. Stuff, no, I'm not. Sa- I'm not saying you need to wipe people out. I'm just saying that people are. are you know, I mean, the majority of people are for tyranny at the moment, so they are pretty bad. Uh, you're the one sounding pretty black pilled now about the about the human race. Normally, you accuse me of being of being dark. Um, no, I'm not saying it's. No, no, no. You just called human beings a cancer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, you can't laugh- get out of that one. I'm sorry. I was laughing the whole way through. So it's it's in a it's a black pill. Okay, this is this is the one thing I probably disagree with Michael Malice on a little bit. Yeah, the the only thing so far. Um, so his his description of black pilled is all hope is lost. We can't possibly win. Um, whereas white pilled is you know it might get it might get bad in the future um, or it's you know, it's likely to get bad, but but we can we have got a chance to win. I, I'm not quite that absolute yeah. because that means kind of you can have someone who thinks that we've got a five percent chance of winning, and you're going to be miserable. And that's te- pretty black pilled. <laughs> technically, that's still white pilled. I think it's probably more towards fifty-fifty, or at least certain, certainly more towards that. I also see, and this is I have a I have a problem with this with uh, uh, the God-fearing folk as well who feel like they've got you know th- these are. People who found Christianity, they feel like God's on their side through all this. That somehow, because evil exists, that means God must exist. Although I, to me, I don't see the link specifically there. Um, but it's the idea that everything will be right in the end. It's very white pilled, very white pilled. Everything will be right in the end, but it might not be in our lifetimes. I'm, I'm sorry that my my black slash white pilling is very personal. I care about what happens to me. I do care about what happens to the human race. I do care what happens after me. But I care about what happens to me and my family and my kids. That's another thing. So what timeline are we talking about here? Are we talking about a thousand years? Are we talking about, you know, ten years? Yes. And yes, if 
if we can permanently shed the yoke of tyranny over a hundred even hundreds of years that is a good thing if we can if we can transcend to a point where uh, where that stuff you know where it gets all 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 star trek <laughs> yeah but in, you know in all the right ways then then great but i do care about whether or not you know we end up in the gulags in our lifetime and whether that's somehow necessary to hit rock bottom in order to get out of it again i worry that we're repeating all the same mistakes or making new ones is now. that is that a new christian type of belief then because sometimes that that's often the difference between christians and non-christians or let's say religious people and non-religious people and and often you know which is why you tend to get more kind of christian conservatives than mm. you do christian socialists um, or certainly used to in the past, where the the, the non-Christians would be looking to kind of, I don't know, for want of a better term, make heaven on earth, you know, trying, yes. to, trying to perfect earth. Whereas the Christians would always be, you know, kind of aware that humans are flawed and it's never going to be perfect, but it's okay because we're all going up to heaven in the end anyway. I, there's There's always some interesting angles to that, I think, because the idea that human beings can be perfected but can be perfected in that state control planned economy way, and and, and yeah, you will be made to be good. Well, you, Obviously, leads you down those tyrannical paths, and specifically communism. So the idea that human beings are flawed, which is a very, as you say, it's a religious view. It means it's an inherently Christian view. I think is incredibly important in understanding, for want of a better term, capitalism. The idea that you need a system that works where it encourages essentially people to be good. You've got to serve others in order to get what you want. That is an inherently moral system. But it recognises that not everyone will be good, but the market will even itself out in that way that you know bad people won't get any more business because they're being bad. I mean, again, I'm, I'm being very simplistic there. But you kind of can't believe in capitalism if you believe in the perfectibility of, of humanity, I don't think. I don't th- those. Th- I think that potentially is why capitalism is more of a right-wing thing. And as you say, there's the link to that religious Christianity side. I mean, it's not quite the question you were asking, I don't think. But I think that's always an interesting idea. It's why sometimes when I'm hearing other people talk about this stuff, I go, well, no, I'm, I'm on that side to a degree because I believe that human beings are flawed. But I don't take it to the next step for you, which is that oh, that's okay because we're all going to heaven. Sure, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and that's the and that you know and that well, I must have God on my side because there's you know the devil clearly exists because look how evil these people are. My view is that the people being evil, they don't call it evil; they call it good. They are doing what they consider to be the right thing. They are totally justifying their actions in terms of you know right now. The security, health security, protecting people. Not not all, but the, the majority. And they're the work like that C.S. Lewis quote I gave about about living under robber barons would be better than yes. you know philanthropists or whatever. Um, in that the the person who's doing it with a clear conscience will never stop. Yes. Um, so they're they're the worst people to be to to be living under. But then the whole I mean you know, you talk to socialists sometimes, and they'll eventually get to the point where you know when, when you talk about incentives. Um, and things like you know why should I 
why should I work harder if I'm going to get I'm nothing? Paid the same. If I'm just going to get you know the yeah. same as everybody else? And then they start talking about well, yeah, but you, you, you're not you're not thinking about it in the right way. You need to, and then they start talking about changing human Ex- nature. Exactly. And they think, hang on, that's so you're basically talking about conversion therapy for the entire human race in order yes. to get your methodology to work. Just yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Ab- absolutely, yeah, absolutely. But this is where again um, uh, the uh, what's the uh, the the objectivist philosophy. I feel sometimes gets to the same point as that, which is that you know we you'll be able to have this this tiny government that only protects your rights when you're thinking the right way, <laughs> and that to me shares that problem with with the outright communists. It's that it's that oh you're, yeah you're not you're not defining government correctly. It's like, well, no, that, that is what government is. Government is going to be that and is going to grow from that. And if you're going to do it based on democracy, it's going to be decided by the worst people and it, yeah, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, and you could, people could change. Even if people did vote, it, even if they democratically voted in an objectivist government, they could change their mind in four years and vote in communists. Yes. And according to the objectivists, because they're, because they would, they're Democrats, they do that. that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Or, or, or they, or they, yeah, or they wouldn't do it. Well, no, they turn around and say, well, they wouldn't do that. Because, but again, it's this idea I think that you've transcended to that point where, where you're not going to do that. But that's again, that's changing that that's utopian, changing human behaviour. You know, to to me, it's about accepting humanity for for what it is. Now, again, that's slight. Is it slightly at odds with the notion that human beings? do improve over time and I, I do believe that I believe you know I hate using the term I believe in these situations um, but you know evolution exists and innovation exists and humanity is arguably better now than it was a hundred years ago in so many different ways and history indicates this as well yes exa- exactly right and obviously you know in general you know, living conditions are better and, you know, people are wealthier and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, that, again, that's down to the specialisation exchange that goes on <laughs> in capitalism that, that means, you know, that there's a technological leap forward and, and, and all that kind of stuff. But to me, that's not perfectibility because when people talk about perfectibility, it's about changing minds, literally changing minds. Changing the way you think. Exactly. And that's, that's what I mean. And, and, and now the danger is that we're going to be in a, uh, some kind of transhumanist world where it is normal for you to be injected with things that might change your body chemistry and who knows might change your, your brain chemistry as well in order they might change your mind. That's the danger, I think, that we live in and why can't people see this when they've been watching all these films and all these tv shows that talk about tyranny being bad i mean the handmaid's tale okay there's a, there's another one i mean i know that's based on uh based on a book um but again it d- depicts depicts a world you don't want to live in and you can borrow elements of it and map it directly onto what's happening now but don't watch that watch captain america because that's 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 got some good stuff in it, and you'll be happy. Don't watch this. This is my advice. Yes. For anyone anyone watching, don't watch Handmaid's Tale or Handmaiden's Tale, or whatever it's called. Yeah. Uh, watch 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 Iron Man two. Watch Captain America, Winter Soldier, Civil War, and and make yourself happy. And but I'm going to make you watch the Hunger Games. Now. 
Okay, as long as we can watch Captain America afterwards. Yeah. If you've enjoyed this edition of Sounding Board, make sure you subscribe on your favourite podcast platform and visit soundingboard.com to see all our audio recordings, videos and blogs. We don't want your money, but you can support Sounding Board by giving us a great review and sharing us with the people you know. If you have an idea for a topic of conversation, why not join us in our Telegram channel at t.me forward slash soundingboard. See you next time.